Good morning, Nashville. I'm Braden Gall, and this is the 440 for Monday, October 5th. So every time I offered a COVID update last week on the show, news seemed like it broke before 10 a.m. every morning, making this podcast almost out of date before the day even got started. That's the type of week it was last week on the Titans beat. But the message was accurate, that this thing could grow as the testing and tracing continues to reveal more positives and more exposures, and that we're all in this together. The Titans weren't the only team to have their game impacted by COVID this weekend as the Chiefs and Patriots had to push their game back to Monday night due to positive results as well. So I thought... Enough is enough. Time to bring in an expert. Teron Davenport of ESPN and host of the podcast Talking with TD joining me here on the 440. Teron, thank you for giving me a few minutes of your time. And can you try to explain to Titans fans what they need to be watching and tracking this week as it pertains to whether or not the NFL will allow the Buffalo game to take place? Well, the thing that they need to be tracking are the positive tests. And you'll say, well, TD, I mean, that's obvious. But the thing with it, you have to have two consecutive days of no tests. So not having a positive test on Monday and Tuesday will mean that the players have a chance. It's not definite, but they have a chance to get into the building on Wednesday. And now you could have a normal, well, as close to normal preparation week for the Bills game. So I think that's what you really need to watch. You need to also pay attention to what comes out of the NFL and NFLPA, their report from their visit to Nashville, you, you definitely want to stay tuned to that because if it is uncovered that there was some type of negligence, it could cause a draft pick. It could be a heavy fine. There will definitely be an example being made out of the Titans if, and that's if they were negligent. In your opinion, do you think there's a tipping point where the NFL either pushes the whole season back? Are they just crossing their fingers and just hoping that no more outbreaks like this happen? Well, I think that's really why they're so focused on the Titans as far as having officials there and taking a look. Because remember, this happened with, with the Falcons too. A.J. Terrell tested positive, but they didn't have any other subsequent positive tests, and they were able to, to go forth and play their game, the Falcons, that same week that the Titans played the Vikings. So I, I think they're looking at that. I think they're looking at the fact that no Vikings have tested positive after that interaction for a full football game and contact tracing with various players and coaches, that's something else that they're looking at. And, and really, in my opinion, they're viewing this Titan situation as a unique one, and they're not of the belief that that's what will happen every time. So their full systems go, and uh, the thing that they may do is add that week 18. That's a possibility. They're prepared to to go into late February for the Super Bowl. They've already said that. So the, there are opportunities to expand the schedule if need be. I don't know that they'll just cancel it or, or reset it or anything like that. I don't believe they would. There you have it, as usual, Teron Davenport giving you a very clear look at what you need to be paying attention to. That, of course, is the testing and the tracing, the positive tests, especially along the defensive line with both Daquan Jones and Jeffrey Simmons involved. Tough matchup with Buffalo if you're going to be down a couple of great run-stuffing defensive linemen. Adam Humphreys, Cam Batson, a couple of receivers down in those position groups, so just keep track of that. And then obviously be watching the NFL's report, as Teron said, who was patient zero and, and how did it happen, and there could be some negligence there. We don't know. That's pure speculation. So some also some good news, though, if, if again, if you can get 
get through Monday and Tuesday without any more positives. There's a chance to get back in the building. Uh, the NFL's full systems go. They're you know they're they're looking around the league and they're not overly concerned about what they're seeing yet. So there are some positives, no pun intended, to with what's going on. So just things to keep track of if you're a Titans fan getting ready for the Buffalo game coming up this weekend. Immediately following the Vols' win over Missouri on Saturday, which was Tennessee's eighth consecutive victory and sixth in the row in the SEC, the Twitter sphere was lit up by lazy hot take questions designed to embrace debate and make us all dumber. And to be honest, by talking about it right now, I'm not even sure if I'm actually taking debate here or not. Is Tennessee back? Are the Vols a contender in the East? To me, this is lazy media doing lazy media things because the media is designed to give you lazy content. Big Orange fans right now have every reason to celebrate the momentum and the confidence building inside its program. Hell, it's fun to be a Vols fan again. Every win is a great win. But not only do those questions not have answers, but all of the guesses that people are going to spew this week don't actually mean anything either. You fans deserve better than this from your college football media. Can the Vols' ridiculously good offensive line run the football and protect the quarterback against one of the best defensive fronts in America next weekend? How concerned is Jeremy Pruitt about his defensive front against what appears to be a pretty salty Georgia rushing attack? Did Tennessee solve its third down issues on offense? Does Jarrett Garantano have complete control of Jim Chaney's system? These are all smarter, more complicated questions that must be asked about a Vols team that has beaten two of the worst teams in the SEC so far. Tennessee is 2-0, and that's great, and the eight-game winning streak has been super fun. But four of those wins have come against Missouri and South Carolina, and the best win is probably what? Indiana? Kentucky? Enjoy the winning streak. Celebrate victories, especially in 2020. But let's not waste what should be a fun week full of excitement by getting into some stupid Twitter debate about if the Vols are back or not. Because right now, the only accurate answer to can Tennessee contend in the East is we'll find out this week. It's fun that Georgia and Tennessee has meaning, that that game is important, and that it twists your stomach into knots just thinking about what kickoff will feel like as the CBS Game of the Week next Saturday. Enjoy that feeling. The rush of nerves is what being a sports fan is all about. Don't waste this week being relevant in college football by arguing in the Twitter sewers with talking heads whose job it is to get you riled up. And that includes me. Just put the Twitter down this week, VFLs, and enjoy the ride. Now, if Tennessee can go down to Athens and pull an upset and win, it would be a signature moment in Jeremy Pruitt's career, and it instantaneously makes the Vols a serious threat to win the East especially with Florida coming to Neyland Stadium in the season finale. But until then, who cares what people on television have to say about your favorite football team? The new AP poll came out on Sunday, if you care about that stuff. Alabama stays at number two. Georgia and Florida flip-flop and are currently third and fourth in the nation, respectively. The Vols jumped seven spots up to number 14, one spot behind Auburn, who fell six spots after their loss to Georgia. Rankings and numbers next to your name or otherwise, the championship contenders have separated themselves in the SEC after just two weekends, at least for now. Georgia, after a slow start against Arkansas last weekend, had no such problems at all on Saturday, totally dominating a top-10 Auburn team from the first snap. Stetson Bennett looks like he may be the starter all year for Georgia after another dependable outing. Dude was money on third downs on Saturday. Florida put up another 38 points as Kyle Trask continues to show his mastery of Dan Mullen's offense, although the Gators' defense gave up 24 points, a late backdoor cover for those who care, and was plagued by poor tackling again. But for right now, it appears, in my opinion, that Florida is still the second-best team in the league. And then there's Alabama, 
who totally demoralized Texas A&M with their elite weaponry on offense, hanging 52 on a pretty solid Aggie defense. Bama people are starting to talk about this offensive line as one of the best of the Saban era, which is terrifying. There are still probably two first-round draft picks at wide receiver. Najee Harris is a complete stud at running back, and all Mac Jones has done in five starts since taking over for Tua is throw for 324 yards per game and has 16 touchdown passes against only three picks in that span. He threw for 435-4 and in the win over Texas A&M. The top tier in the SEC has separated itself as Alabama, Florida, and Georgia. And after another weekend in which the Big 12 tripped all over itself, it looks like these contenders in the SEC could be fighting for not one, but two playoff spots. It will be up to everyone else in the league to win their way into the conversation, like, say, Tennessee this weekend. A severely depleted Nashville SC roster forced a nil-nil draw with the New England Revolution on the road on Saturday. Keeper Joe Willis posted his sixth clean sheet of the season, and it gives the club a three-game point streak and points in seven of their last eight matches. Now, Coach Smith likes to play a more conservative game on the road anyway, but without any top-level forwards available due to a rash of injuries, midfielder Derek Jones was atop the formation. SC is now tied for eighth in the Eastern Conference, but sits in 10th place, the final playoff spot, due to tiebreakers as it enters a massive week of action. The squad will face two top four teams in the Western Conference this weekend, getting fourth place Minnesota on Tuesday night in Nissan Stadium before traveling to Kansas City to face third place Sporting KC on Sunday evening. This is a huge week for Smith's squad to maintain momentum and hopefully maybe get some guys back healthy. My name is Braden Gall. Thanks for listening. This has been the 440 for Monday, October 5th. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler. Thank you.